All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Josh Ledgard. Welcome back to the On Growth Podcast from Kickoff Labs. Today's guest successfully launched a new pet care brand with a Kickoff Labs campaign that netted over 15,000 new leads and thousands of followers leading up to their launch. In today's episode, we're going to learn what worked for them, what didn't, and how you can grow using some of the same techniques they used to launch. Let's get into it. Hi, Guillaume. Uh, how are you? Hey, Josh. I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So give us the, the uh, explanation. What, what is Maven Pet and what are you guys up to today? Like, what's the status of the business? Yeah, so actually exciting time for us. So we just launched the product um, on the market and started with the, the first users um, using it and then giving us feedback. Um, and yeah, very quickly, Maven is, is the first AI vet that understands if your pet is safe and healthy 24-7. So what we built with Maven was a tool uh, um, uh, vertically integrated everything in the space. So there's a smart caller that goes into your into your pet snack, a mobile app where we collect more data to virtual checkups, wellness profiles, um, and on top of that, we have a clinical team in house looking at the data and making sure that nothing is wrong with your pet. Okay, and, and if we do suspect that something is wrong, we will engage with you immediately um, to make sure we can tackle that from 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 day one. Cool. So what kind of, I'm just curious, like as a pet owner myself, what kind of data are you guys collecting on, on the pets to help with these determinations? Yeah. So on, on the pet end, on the smart caller end, we collect data around uh, movement, intensity of movement, activity, um, uh, and sound. Okay. So with, with sound, uh, we just detect if the pet was, was barking or not. Um, so this is on the hardware side. And then on the mobile app, we have data such as um, all the info about your pets, virtual checkups tailored for your pets. So if you have a senior pet, you are going to focus on uh, uh, physical issues, for example. If you have a puppy on, on vaccination issues, um, things like Maven Journal that allows you to register uh, if your pet went to the daycare, to the groomer, if there was medication, cognitive stimulation. And so what we do with all that data is really understand if there are changes to the normal behavior of your pet and what that might indicate. So for example, if you have an allergic uh, golden retriever that changes diet and suddenly your pet is waking up much more often in the middle of the night, this might indicate an allergic reaction, right? Or, or if you have a eight-year-old speed bull that is getting uh, lethargic uh, week after week, this might indicate there's a, a physical problem coming up, right? Dyslasia or joint disease. And so that's really the secret of Maven uh, to empower the clinical team with technology, with data, so we can act proactive on our pet building. And so that's, that's really the, um, uh, uh, the thing that Maven unlocks with our, with our system. Very cool. Uh, and so what has the customer reaction been so far now that you've had the first few, the first few customers coming out? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really rewarding um, listening to our customers. The feedback on the product has been really astonishing. People love having a, a vet taking care of, of, of their pets. And that, that, that's really special when they understand uh, Maven Vet is a super vet with all this data, with all this technology capable of understanding how I could improve my pet's life and let me know if, if, that, that, if something is wrong. I mean, that's, that's really rewarding and people uh, are loving Maven. So um, we have specific cases where, for example, we understood one cat that has been misdiagnosed with anxiety for five years. And when we changed that, um, uh, people say things like, 
finally my pet is looking like himself like he has never been um and i mean it's 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 truly rewarding um uh, what we are doing at maven and the feedback has been uh, really great and, and and people are are loving the product and it's um as as, as a founder myself um it's it's really great to see uh, how things act uh, in the field right um, and we had huge expectations towards our product um and yeah we are doing something right for sure very cool. So tell me a little bit about your background. Do you come from a technical background, a business background, a little bit of both? How did you, how did you get to the point before you launched, uh, before you launched Maven? Yeah. So my background is biomedical engineering, um, with a specialization in, in big data and telemedicine. Um, I've never worked on that area, at least on, on the human side. So I, I grew up with pets. I love pets. Um, uh, previously, Maven, I worked in a bunch of other startups. Um, actually, I've been before Maven, I was working in the pet space on, on a different product as well. Um, but yeah, my background, uh, the idea of, of using data to improve our lives as humans and, and, and my love for pets um, really culminated in, in, in founding Maven. And actually, my personal history is my pet. Uh, I had a dog, um, a lab mixed with Dusky. So a, a, a big breed, slightly obese. Um, and when I noticed that something was wrong with Tommy, it was one day he was barking at me so I could help him stand up, okay? And so obviously at this stage, when I took him to the vet, uh, he had like severe joint disease and, and it's, it's already too late to do something against it, right? And so if back then I had Maven, I had a system capable of understanding, okay, Tommy is a giant breed, slightly obese, that it's getting lethargic, week after week, uh, something might be wrong, okay? And then I could further assess the situation much early. I could, I don't know, add supplements, um, uh, have a therapy, a physical therapy for Tommy, uh, change the diet, maybe the outcome or, or the degradation of his, of his life could have significantly uh, uh, been improved with, with, with something like Maven. So that's all those things um, culminated in, in, in funding Maven. Um, and I do believe that we need a solution like this uh, in the pet care industry. Very cool. So you so you have a background that, although you never used it on humans, is very targeted to the space. Um, when you're talking about like biomedical engineering, big data analysis, like that's exactly you know this <clears throat> what it sounds like. You know the product is founded on that stuff. Um, how did you decide? Uh, why did you decide to set up a, a wait list leading up to the launch? Yeah. So. At the beginning, we were very convinced um, of the success Maven would, would have uh, on the market itself, okay? But on the consumer side, um, it, it was still um, a mystery for us, right? Because would people find a solution like this? Uh, it's clear for consumers uh, what we can unlock when we have a data gathered with a smart caller. Um, and so the goal to launch a waiting list was precisely to prove there was actually demand for something like this. People actually wanted to gain control over their pets' health um, and having a tool that allowed them to, to do so. And so that was the reason why, why we were highly focused in developing the product for two years. At the same time, we launched and grew a waiting list of people um, um, uh, to show demand and, and to learn from them. So we, we engaged with our waiting list uh, um, uh, quite often to ask things about the product. Um, uh, uh, and so they, they were actually part of the product development efforts uh, for, for these last two years. 
Very cool. And that's actually one of the best practices, and I want to get into it, um, that we'll talk about is how you engage the list over the span of that wait list. Because one of the fears some people tell me is, oh, I don't want to keep a wait list going more than a month. What am I going to do with the people on the wait list after, after a month? And you kept, you had the wait list going for several months um, over the course of a year, it looked like, uh, that you were running the campaign. Um, so let's just get into that now. So what were you doing uh what were you doing while you were managing the waitlist to keep the waitlist engaged? So you mentioned that you kind of made them part a little bit of the part of the product development, but let's be specific. What kinds of things were you doing? Were you sending them polls or surveys or conducting one-on-ones with them? What were you doing uh, over the span of the waitlist in terms of involving them in the product development? Yeah, so we've built something we call the, the nurture program. Um, so it was really about uh, keep the the waitlist engaged with, with the brand and feeling part of, of of a broader mission that we have at at my event. Um, uh, and so, going to specifics, it was obviously uh, uh, email marketing about new features that we were developing, showing them the designs, um, uh, pools, uh, asking them for um, UXY or UXB uh, things things very specific. Uh, we had like a closer group of, of, of followers or early adopters um, that we would have access to um, to discuss more specifics or up on, on, on interview. We would launch quizzes for them. So which kind of pet are you um, uh, to keep them engaged? We, we, we would offer some, some help from our clinical team. So our vet was always accessible uh, to email uh, if, if they had questions. So it was like a, a bit to showcase some of the product value they could get later when we launch. And so those, those were the kind of things that we did to keep our uh, wait list uh, warm and engaged with the brand um, so we could uh, leverage that at launch. What were some of the things that you learned through that engagement? Um, like anything specific or anything that stood out to you as, uh, as kind of surprising uh, as through that engagement? I mean, there are a lot of learnings, um, uh, good learnings and I mean, there's no such thing as, as bad learning, but uh, a learning with a not so good outcome. Um, so, I mean, there are people that follow us everywhere. They, they want to know everything. Um, they are dying for these to get out there, but there are also people that uh, see it for the first time, they get excited, uh, they join the wait list, and to join our wait list, you have to answer. So it, it was not, not just an email. So we knew things about, about your pet, about your concerns as a pet owner, about your um, uh, goals, uh, with Maven, um, uh, but there were obviously people that got excited at the first time, uh, but then completely forgot about about Maven, about what is it. And so, I mean, you will have all sorts of users on on your waitlist. Um, when we launch, we actually um, uh, uh, develop something uh, called an engagement matrix. Um, based on kickoff labs points and other metrics that we have, such as answering other forms or contacting us on, on, on customer uh, support, that, that we kind of evaluate the engagement for every single lead uh, on the wait list so we could approach them differently upon launch. As part of this, I heard you mention something about you were working with an even closer group of early adopter lists. Were there people that had access to the product before you launched that you were working with? Yeah, so early, early this, this year, um, actually like the first working day of the year, um, we send the first batch of units. Okay, so we spend like December 
uh, interviewing people on our waiting list, understanding their concerns, um, their expectations towards Maven, and we selected 150 people to being like the, the, the early adopters, beta users for our product. So it was still a 3D printed version of the product, a buggy mobile app, um, but they were so excited about it, they were available to give it a try, report if something is wrong, and actually it's this play of users um, uh, was super important uh, to get started and get things out there and the first problems, the first, the first issues. Um, but more important than that, have the first feedback on what we spent two years building. Um, and so we haven't charged these users. All we asked was for their time and efforts to report back to us, having calls with our growth team, with our product team, really, really doubling down on, on learning. Um, and those 150 users came from the wait list and the ones that were uh, uh, most engaged with, with the brand and the mission and what we were developing. So that's sort of what you meant, like when you talk about the engagement metrics, you use some of the metrics from the wait list to start to identify that list of people that you then kind of interviewed and pulled further to identify the sub list of like 150 people. You said, these are the people that are going to get the true kind of MVP of the product of, you know, the 3D printed version, the, as you said, the, the, the early mobile app. Um, and was that set of people, was that Culling down to that set of people, would you say that was successful using the engagement as one of the, the measurements to find out who these influencers were? Would you say that was a reasonable prox approximation of the best customers? Yeah, for sure. Not, not, not only we use data from, from KCAG labs, uh, KCAG labs um, that, that's obviously uh, the majority of it, but we had like other surveys, uh, people that, that reached out to us, people that were constantly asking on social media, uh, when is Maven launching? Um, and, and actually this engagement metrics, as, as we call it, uh, was quite accurate. Um, and, and the reflection of it is that from our beta user, like 70% like or 80% of them are still using a 3D uh, printed version of, of the product, uh, a test flight mobile app, like 10 months afterwards. Um, and so, so, so yeah, it worked like... Um, um, we couldn't expect a better result, a better outcome of it. Very cool. I'm, I, I, I always tell people this is a great best practice. It's cool to hear exactly how you did it in terms of, you know, getting the waitlist built, finding those key, uh, the most engaged people, and then getting them on that early adopter list with, you know, after you've done some polls and additional surveys of them, and then having them give you that feedback uh, on the product so you had um, a launch. Would you say that the feedback you got shaped both the product and the marketing messages for the product? Yeah, for sure. So one of the challenges that we have, and, and because we are building a, um, a category-defining product, so maybe it's not a, a vet available 24-7, it's not a health tracker, it, it, it's really something new. It's like a, a new way of taking care of, of your pet. Product marketing and product messaging are, are key, right? And so um, uh, the first users, how they would describe the product, uh, how they would refer a product to a friend, um, uh, uh, those were the, the first insights on how we should position Maven, how we should communicate uh, Maven. And this is still a learning for us um, uh, today. But obviously, it started with, with those first um, a group of. of... Mm -hmm. Very cool. So I want to go back. Uh, we're going to back up. We talked through engagement a bit because that came up. Um, so now I want to go back to, you knew you wanted to do uh, a wait list to prove the demand and get some learnings. And so 
we've kind of talked about how with the things that you've learned and how you went about learning from them. But part of proving the demand is typically also proving that you yourselves as a company are able to like market and get people onto the wait list. So when you decided to build a wait list, we'll start way back at the beginning. How did you discover Kickoff Labs? Do you remember? Um, I mean, I was searching for two, I mean, we are a startup, a small team. So I was searching for uh, a tool that would allow me to build uh, a wait list with a score with minimum development effort. And that's, that's how I came up with, with Kickoff Labs. Cool. And then the first version of the wait list, was that a page uh, on the wait list uh, website? Was that a page built on Kickoff Labs? Um, or did you have your own website and then you connected it to a Kickoff Labs page? Yeah, so we had our own website um, and to join the wait list, you would have to fill a type form. Um, and so at, at the end of the, of the type form, not, not only would we send the lead to Kickoff Labs, but we would redirect the, the user to their um, uh, ranking page and with the different actions uh, the user could take to uh, move up on the rank, gain a couple of points. Um, and so that's, that's how it was first, first integrated. Later on, uh, we had like a check your spot page um, on, on the website as well, uh, uh, using kickoff labs. Very cool. So in that first, uh, the first, you know, few months of, of running this, the first couple months of running this, when you had the type form, um, that then took people to their status page. How involved was the type form? A common question we get is, is how many questions should I ask people to get them to sign up? What's too much? What's too little? So was it like a, you know, a 20 minute survey people had to fill out or were you just asking like name your pet's name and email address? Like, so where, where were you on that spectrum? So it was a bit more complex than that. Uh, definitely not the 20 minute uh, uh, survey. Um, and the good thing about what I like about Typeform is I can actually see uh, the drop-off rate in each question and how long is it taking uh, users to fill the form. Um, and so with Maven, you could easily fill the form under four minutes. I think it was around four minutes. Um, but the goal is to ask questions you can act on, right? So if you are just asking something that doesn't make sense for you in terms of, of business or, or go-to-market strategy or, or product, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. So we ask things about obviously uh, your name, your pet's name, if you have a dog, if you have a cat, uh, your pet, uh, your pet name, I think I've said that. Uh, where are you based um, uh, in terms of, of, of country? What are your biggest pain points as a pet owner? Uh, what do you like to achieve uh, with Maven? Uh, those were, were important questions for us to uh, position the product and to kind of prioritize what we should build uh, next based on, 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 on the questions that, that people have. And then obviously uh, email. Uh, and we ask about if you, if you have iOS, Android, or other device, uh, because at the moment Maven is only available for iOS, so it's important to have a, um, an understanding of the split here. Um, so yeah, I think it was like less than 10 questions. So you had this survey like, uh, you know, around less than 10, 10 questions or less um, that you're having people fill out. Um, and you mentioned the drop-off rate. Um, what was, do you recall what the uh, conversion rate was most of the time through the wait list, having people answer those questions um, to get onto the list? Yeah, I mean, after the first question, um, uh, the conversion rate was, was, was high. 
was it was okay. Um, there were some drop rates when when you make email uh, like a mandatory question. I think that that's like normal um, uh, out there. Um, I can't precise the numbers, but it was it was because it was not super extensive because you could see the number of questions when you were filling the type for because it was like embedded on our website with our branding. Um, the conversion rate was uh, the completion rate. So then you've got the question, it leads them to the waitlist, and we'll talk about the waitlist mechanics in a minute. How did you drive people to your site so that they would see the ability to request access and get the and take take the survey in the first place? How did you go about tr finding pet owners, driving them, you know, educating them up front to even get them to your site? Yeah. So one thing that we learned um, again from our user base um, was that people were actually looking for solutions to uh, uh, act proactive on their pet's well-being, right? And so they were asking things like. Um, uh, let make Maven Vet engage with me if something is wrong. Let Maven Vet pinpoint or suggest things where I can improve my pet's uh, life. And so those those were the things that we were seeing on the waiting list that then we use to communicate with the pet owners out there. So uh, Maven, for example, one, one specific example, uh, with Maven you can actually uh, end up saving a lot of money on, on vet bills, okay? And that's one of the biggest concerns at the moment uh, uh, for a pet owner. And so we leverage that on our communication, on our social media, on our paid efforts, um, so that people could first interact with, with, with the brand um, uh, and come to the website. And then it's a lot of, of SEO has always been on our uh, inception. So the name itself, Maven, means expert, right? So we want Maven Pet to be your expert toward pet. Uh, well-being and there's a lot of distribution distributed and, and wrong information about pets out there uh, so from day one we focus on building high quality content from our clinical team to tackle uh, specifics for example diet and, and what kind of foods are good for my pet has always been something that we focus uh, early on um, uh, referral leveraging the referral uh, loop from kickoff labs people love uh, talking about their pets and sharing things about their pets, so that that works uh, well as well. And then I think it's it's being very emotional. So pets are family members. If you are a pet owner, Josh, I'm sure you you feel this. Uh, our pets are our key, right? And so uh, it's really emotional. Um, uh, we we leverage a lot uh, with images uh, of of humans with their pets, like, like bonding, um, and and that works well as well. So I guess you mentioned a lot of different techniques. You talked about social media posts, you talked about SEO, you talked about advertising. So it sounds like you kind of, you had your hands in all of those different um, aspects. Where would you say the majority of the first, let's just say, um, I'll just pick a number, the first thousand people on the waiting list, where would you think you drove a majority of that traffic from? Yeah, so actually we've been working in the pet space. Uh, so we've already built a, a let's say a community um, around, around the campus, and it was really uh, uh, leveraging that that community with a new product called Maven. Um, we even launched a, key, a, a Kickstarter campaign previously um, uh, that that we leveraged the backers uh, uh, as well, and um, and and those uh, two efforts drove the first, let's say, three four thousand people on, on the waiting list. Um, and, and 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 yeah, that that was great because people already. 
uh, would follow us on, on our social media. We already have like people subscribing uh, uh, our newsletter. So that, that was kind of the first effort that, that we did early, early on. So you built, you already tried, you were already building a community of things. So ways that you built that community, you started, you had a Kickstarter campaign that you did before this wait list for the product, um, for the product was, did you reach the funding goal for the Kickstarter campaign? Oh yeah, we did. Then we opened an Indiegogo campaign uh, afterwards to, to, to keep uh, receiving help from early adopters and, and enthusiasts about the product. Was the community, was it a, uh, like a, a private Facebook group? Was it a Slack channel? How is the, how did you manage the community or was it just people on the newsletter that you were emailing? It was just people on the newsletter, on social media, following us. Um, uh, so, so yeah, we don't have like a, yet a structured community either on a Slack or, or, or a Facebook group. It's something that does, it's on our roadmap because it makes total sense on, uh, on the market we are in. So now let's talk. So, in terms of how you've got the, we, we talked about how you got the first uh, couple thousand people on the list um, that you worked on. You know, community building, newsletter building, content, getting that out there. Um, once somebody joins and they're interested in the in, in getting priority access, what you say, and I'm looking at a version of the the waitlist status page now, which. Uh, for those listening, we will, of course, share in the, the show notes a link to this. Um, but it says uh, you're on the wait list. It tells you your position, how many referrals you've got. Um, it asks you if you're interested in priority access, and it gives you some actions uh, that you ask people to do. So for every referral, you're giving them 100 points, um, and then you're giving them between uh, 20 and 40 points for following you on social channels. So you had an Instagram, a TikTok, a LinkedIn, Facebook, and a Twitter channel. So kind of you covered your bases on the major, the major networks there. Um, so let's kind of talk about each of the actions a bit. So did you feel like you had success uh, from getting people to refer other pet owners to the campaign? Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and um like the highly engaged group that we were talking early on, um, they, they all referred uh, someone to, 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 to join them as well. Uh, and so people, people were actually doing it. And I do think that referring a friend was the main source, maybe because of the points, obviously, but it was the main source or, or action that people would take to move up on, on, on the wait list. So, so yeah, it worked pretty well. Um, uh, and people actually were, were excited about Maven and, and referring it to fans because everyone knows other pet owner that's struggling with their pet's health uh, or have a senior pet or just adopt a pet, uh, have a lot of answer, uh, questions. Um, and so it was something that, that, that worked well for us. And the other actions, did you see a noticeable like uptick in um, followers and engagement in your social media channels throughout the campaign? Yeah, we, we saw um, uh, some mainly on, on Instagram um, and, and Facebook, not so much on, on the other um, social networks, uh, Twitter or, or, or TikTok, um, but, but we did saw some people uh, following us on, on social media and then uh, engaging with us afterwards, uh, wanting the product to go live as, as soon as possible. Um, I, I'm curious because you had this period where you're having people test uh, the, the early version of the product. Were you posting on social media um, their experiences? Were you sharing 
having them post or share their experience on social media as part of the marketing. So is that effort not only giving you product feedback, but were you reusing that as like, hey, here's what early adopters are doing. Here's a story of this pet. Uh, here's a story of this owner. Were you using that material as, as additional marketing materials? So we use um, at launch. Okay, so for example, the, the majority of, of the use cases we have for anxiety pets, uh, maven diet, uh, pets with, with uh, physical problems, the majority of those stories came from that uh, play of, of betting users. Okay, so, so early on, um, uh, we start looking for that specific use cases that can easily resonate with, with different pet owners. Okay, um, we, we didn't push towards having people creating uh, content on their social media uh, or, or, or asking them for videos or reviews or feedback. We were highly focused on learning, okay? But it kind of happened naturally, okay? Because one out of four people, uh, four pet owners have a social media account for their pets. Um, and, and, and when they are loving the product, they, 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 they tend to share, okay? And so um, a couple of our pet users, uh, without us even asking, they were sharing their experience, they were showing Maven on their social media to their followers. Um, so we kind of saw it happen naturally, um, uh, but we didn't push to it, yeah. So did you say one out of four um, pet owners have a social media account for their pet? Yep, it's crazy. Wow, <laughs> I did not, did not they, expect they to hear that. I, you know, I don't, but now that you say it, um, uh, I, one of my, one of my friends has, has a, a, a Instagram account just for their dog. Um, so now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, I think about it. Yeah. It seems like maybe one out of four is right. I know a couple people with a, with an Instagram account for their dog. Um, yeah. and, I'm not one they, of the people, but <laughs> and I'm sure they are more active on their pets, social media accounts than, than on, on their own. Yeah. Uh, their, their pet's more famous than I am, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a little, it can be humbling when you look at that, at the numbers. Um, so let's, uh, we've got a few more minutes left and I want to talk about if you were to summarize kind of the best and the worst. So let's talk about what you think worked best um, as part of, for the launch campaign. What are the two or three things you did tell people like, hey, we did this, it worked really well and we'd recommend you guys you do it too if you're running a similar launch uh, campaign. Yeah, I think that uh, launching the, the waitlist was uh, like a early validation of, of what we were doing, right? So um, if I just spent two years building the product and then assess the demand on the market, uh, maybe I could lose time. So I think as you were saying, this, this feels like the the right way to do things, right? At the same time, I'm building a product, I have a vision for it, I can build a landing page, I can have people come to the landing page and, and, and give me feedback about it and, and show interest uh, uh, through joining the waitlist. Um, and so I think it was a right step that we did early on. Um, I don't feel there's a lot of information about uh, how to build uh, waitlists out there. I think that in terms of, of, of content and education, you guys are doing a great job here. Um, there's not a lot of, of benchmark, what's the conversion rate that, that you could expect uh, after launch. Um, there's not a, lo a lot of um, data, how long should you wait uh, until you start to convert the waitlist. I, I, I spoke with a couple of other founders that had a waitlist um, and their biggest learning is always uh, we waited too long 
to launch the product to, to the wait list because the longer the longer you wait, um, the, the the more difficult it will get to to, to convert people from from a waiting wait list to subscribers. Other thing that we question ourselves: should we uh, charge or at least ask for a credit card for people joining the waiting list? We chose not to do so um, because we we still didn't have the product or, or image or even images about the product. So because because we launched so early. Uh, it didn't make sense at that stage, but it could be something that uh, other people could could done depending on on the stage uh, of product development they are at. Um, well, I mean, it's interesting because on on that note, you did you did validation in terms of people would pay something for a solution because you did the Kickstarter and the GoGo campaign. So while you weren't charging for the waitlist, you had that level of validation because. You, you could have launched the Kickstarter and maybe you weren't getting many people to pay for the Kickstarter and that would have said, proven something about either the messaging or the product itself. But you did do a little bit of that validation by running the Kickstarter concurrently or before the wait list. Um, so it was, it's interesting that you, you, you mentioned that as something that you maybe would consider because you, I, I, from my perspective, you did that more than a lot of people do. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you. I feel that the, the audience for Kickstarter and Indiegogo it's it's very particular, right? And then, um, uh, but but yeah, we to some extent we did validate that people would pay for something like this, um, and 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 the wait list show uh, showed not only demand for the product, but but looking at specifically of, of the question what people want to achieve with Myvan, uh, they were I mean that there was a bunch of things not even related to Myvan, okay? But sixty percent or seventy percent of the users were specifically asking for features that only Maven in the pet space can deliver. Okay, things that I've mentioned before, like early detection of illness, uh, or having a vet review my pet's sleep, or having a vet suggest me how to improve my, my, my pet's life based on data. These, these three things, only Maven uh, uh, in the pet space can, can provide. And so it was like uh, not only a validation of, of demand, but of the things that we are prioritizing in terms of product as, as well. Um, and so that, that was huge. So that like ten months afterwards, we launched the product, uh, and the feedback has been great because because we've listened to our users from from day one. Um, and so that that is like my recommendation number one: uh, involve your potential user as early as we as we can. Yep, absolutely. Um, so how has um... We talked a little bit about the beginning, but how would you describe uh, how's the launch gone since you? How long ago did you actually launch, and how has it gone since then? Yeah, so we launched September, um, so so two months um, have, have gone by, and I mean we we are still in this learning mode, right? If I want to consumer, if I want to build a sustainable consumer subscription product, uh, and all the examples that we have from from noon. Uh, or other companies, it's, you need to nail product from, from day one, right? You need, you need, I mean, my first 50 users will bring the next 100, uh, which will bring the next 1,000, right? And so I, I, I have to make sure these 50 users, first 50 users have like the best experience of, of, of their life. And so um, we are not pushing for growth yet, uh, still learning a lot from our users. Um, now they are actually paying for the product. Um, something that we did as well was uh, measure everything we can, uh, so that's that's highly important. So people are actually engaging with with, with, with the mobile app, understanding which which features they are uh, using the most, which features they don't like, 
um, not only have, having um, quantitative data on that, but quality data through interviews uh, with our best engaged users, least engaged users. Um, that, that's where we are still at, okay? Um, and so the party is out there. Everyone can join my event um, and get access to it. Um, and yeah, exciting times. We are learning a lot, uh, a lot of issues to, 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 to be uh, addressed, obviously. Um, but exciting times, we are really building something special for, for, for the pet owners and the pets. So something that wasn't uh, wasn't obvious to me, and maybe uh, this is helpful. So when I went to your website and I'm looking at uh, Maven, uh, and you say order now, um, it's it's a subscription, obviously, and you've got an app with the subscription. But as part of that subscription, um, you're also sending that smart caller to read to read the data. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. When you join Maven, uh, we send you the uh, what we call Maven Kit. That's the smart caller. Um, that collects data on, on, on your pet. And you have access to the mobile app, to your Maven vet, all, all the rest of the service. Very cool. Um, and so if somebody wants to uh, learn more about Maven, obviously that you would send them to maven.pet. Um, if they want to get in touch with you and ask you questions about the launch or the product, how could somebody best get in touch with you? Yeah, just reach, reach out at g at maven.pet. It could have been simpler. Um, I mean, we are an open book. I love talking about pets, about the pet industry, about my vision for the pet industry in the next uh, five, 10 years. So uh, feel free to reach out, yeah. Cool, uh, absolutely. We'll put, we'll put that up with your, with your bio and the, and the show notes so people can reach out. Um, yeah, really appreciate uh, your time today. Um, I feel like uh, I learned a lot about uh, about the pet space and um, and from your best practices about engaging users. Um, I think a lot of our customers will will take that to heart. I hope and uh, because I, I do think it is a, is a winning combination in terms of keeping people engaged over a longer launch and also as as you pointed out, you know, learning to prove the demand and what you learned about the product throughout that uh, throughout that experience. And so, um, thanks again for being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Josh. It was a, a pleasure here. Um, and everyone else, feel free to reach out. All right. Thanks.